You're tuned in to Atlanta Fringe Audio, the podcasting network of the Atlanta Fringe Festival. Want to win a couple of free tickets to the Atlanta Fringe Festival June 5th through 11th? Enjoy Fringe Audio and fill out the Fringe Audio crossword puzzle. It's that easy. 10 winners will be selected. Check out the description box for all the details or visit atlantafringe.org fringe dash audio. Now for the show. It's for mature audiences. It contains adult content. A Theater in the Dark presents A Matter of Red Herrings by Greg Garrison. The cast includes Corey Bradbury, Laura Michelle Earl, Greg Garrison, Christopher Meister, Julian Jules Stroop, and Amy Gorillo as Detective Stainless Steel. The show's original music is composed and performed by Paul Sotnik and is produced and directed by Corey Bradbury. We take you now to the storm-lavendered skyline of Chicago, 1929. The streets are wet, the gin is dry, and danger lurks around every corner as we come upon the office of Steel and Blank, Private Investigations. It was a dark and stormy night, and a dank mist crept through the streets of Chicago like a teenage boy through his sister's sock drawer. The bullets that took my partner here were fired six months past, so why were they still ricocheting through my mind? No matter. Where one coffin closes, another one opens, and before I sealed the lid from mine... My hope was to find a new partner who could help me fill in the blank. Doors open. So it is. Could you direct me to Detective Steele? You're looking at her. Huh, you're... Well, I'm not her secretary. I was gonna say 5'3 and 100 pounds with shoes on. The detective I'm looking for hogtied Mickey Fishlips in 10 seconds flat. Funny you should mention that. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that story didn't make the papers. Ah, the story did. It's your name that didn't. That's what took so long to find you. You're being adjudicated, Miss Steele. Detective. And I don't need a report card to tell you I'm the best ball buster in the Berg. Good evening. Miss Steele? Detective. Watley Home, Chicago PD. Nice badge. Where'd you get it? A box of Cracker Jacks? Terrible shame what happened here. Sorry about your partner. It's a dangerous gig. You should try it sometime. I intend to. Now what you PIs call bad luck, we policemen call negligence. Which is what I'm here to investigate. I have a few questions for you. And if I determine your actions to be reckless, trigger-happy, or even narrowly responsible for endangerment, I've got orders to fit you for iron bracelets and bring you in. Iron matches my suit, but steel is more my color. And I don't have time to tell you your ABCs when snooping around gets you DOA. Ah, DOA, that's, uh... Dead on arrival. You may be here to sniff around, Mr. Holm, but I'm a bloodhound in this business, and if you were a pig, I'd smell bacon. You're overweight, over 50, and while claiming to be a cop, need a refresher on the meaning of DOA. Now, that badge with the cartoon beaver on it was suspicious enough... But seeing as you don't know that this is just a fountain pen, you've got about ten seconds to tell me what you're really doing here before the derringer in my top drawer asks the questions. And they always end in exclamation points. All right, all right. I want a job. Funny kind of interview. You might try a resume. This was supposed to be one. You know who Zip Lider is? 
I bought or stole every one of his books for two decades. Yeah, I've heard of him. I went to his office looking for a job, and I got laughed out the door because my fly was down. Then I realized I came in hat in hand instead of playing a ruse. I'd heard about you, so I thought coming in here and going toe-to-toe with you would show you I can hack it. It feels so hackneyed now that I say it out loud. Well, it shows initiative. And I'm flattered you've heard of me, so it's going better than you thought. But we're really gonna have to work on your backbone, curled up like a window shade once your cover was blown. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty rusty. Rust implies wear. As far as I'm concerned, you're fresh off the assembly line. What makes you think you've got the grapes for this? I've been writing Sunday funnies for 25 years now. Awful start, but please, keep going. Look, I'm tired of hunting small game. I want adventure. Dishonesty isn't a great way to start a partnership, I'll admit. But give me a chance, and I won't let you down. If it's big game you want, big game you'll get. But lions on the savannah don't shoot back. You're standing in the chalk outline of your departed predecessor... So I'll ask you one last time. Do you think you've got the grapes for this? Well, if they get strained, I won't whine. Wow, you really did work the funny papers. Congratulations, you're hired. Really? Oh, the lolly! You won't regret this, partner. Don't get too chummy there, Watley. As of this moment, I'm your boss and you're my trainee. Let's set that as our ground floor, shall we? No time to waste, then. What's my first case? The Grant Park Groper. The Buck Fountain Fondler. That hot dog cart that only has ketchup. Funny story. Those all turned out to be the same guy. I'll square with you, Watley. The detective's life is not as eventful as you've been led to believe. It reads better than it lives. But if you're red hot for action... I'll start taking notes. How does the detective stumble upon a case? Monologuing. Come again? Monologuing. Very important tool in the detective's toolbox. Here, I'll show you. It was a dark and stormy night. Good starter. It was a dark and stormy night, and the air was thick with deception. Raindrops fell from heaven like some poor rube with palsy eating a handful of M&M's. Can you spell M&M for me? My assistant was green. My old one was dead. And it had been months since my last real case. Was I really training a new detective or pretending I still was one? When doubt is at its darkest, sometimes your last great hope is to find an old flame who can let you back on the trail. Should I get that? Great teamwork. You question the door, I'll answer it. Steele froze when she saw a cold reception on the other side of her frosted glass. While Watley was only privy to the silhouette... Steel would recognize those curves anywhere. Ah! I thought it smelled like one of those nights. You took that well. Must be common in your line of work. Detective? Scumbag. Well, you've come to the right place either way. Watley Holm, Vesper Kind. Consider yourselves introduced. It's a pleasure to meet you, Mr. Holm. How'd you hear about the job, the trades, or the obituaries? You know, if you two would like the room, I could... Leave. leave. Outside. <laughs> two and oh. So what's the occasion, Vess? This is the best mood I've seen you in in ever. That's because today's the day. Today's the day I finally get what you couldn't provide for me for four miserable years. A mutual orgasm? Time, Stainless. I finally get your time. Please don't use my first name. Would you prefer I call you by title, lousy ex-wife? Seeing as the state of Illinois never sent the paperwork, why don't we stick to steel? 
Steel only sticks when it's frigid. Point. This is a fun game and all, but the score is in and clearly in your favor. What's the ante? My fiancé-to-be has a very delicate situation I'm sorry, fiancé-to-be? Did she half propose? He proposed with a promise ring, (gasps) and I said yes. (laughs) Well, congratulations, Vess. What makes this one so special? The fact that he has a beard or that he is one? I think I got bored being with the detective. All build-up and no climax. Set and match. So your new sugar daddy has a very delicate situation that... Needs the attention of a private investigator. The police can't get involved, and good PIs have reputations that precede them, but you... (laughs) Your name doesn't even make the paper. You popped immediately to mind, and Armand would love for you to take care of his dilemma quietly. Convenient I'm not good enough for you, but I am good enough to finger whoever's giving you grief. If fingering was your strong suit, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Then it's time you make like that phonograph there. Don't expect me to change my tune. I had something else in mind. Now put a sock in it. You'll never change. Why would I? You'd never believe it. What are you doing here, Vess? Leaving. Now pay attention because I'm only saying this once. 612 Confidential Avenue, noon tomorrow. Armand is a punctual man and will expect only the best. Because that's all I ever give him. Good evening. Sorry, my coat was caught in the door. This is a good first day for you, Watley. Learning to take a slap is an invaluable skill in this business. I don't know if I'll ever get used to that. Neither did I. Then there was the honeymoon. You learn to take it in stride. And that, dear Watley, is how to land a case. You mean to tell me you can start talking about a job and pieces fall into your lap just like that? <laughs> Admittedly, that's the first time that's ever worked. But enough shot for one evening. What's the time? Uh, let me see. It's 11.59. And I'd wager about ten seconds to midnight. Good night, Watley. Good night, detective. The following morning, L trains carrying Chicago's commuters clatter on the tracks above Confidential Avenue as Steele and Watley shamble past beeping Model T's. It isn't long after the detective duo arrive at Chapter 2, the Red Herring, before hearing the hollers of a pair of adorable newsies. Act 3, Act 3, read all about it! Search continues for the French Tickler! Today's top story, French Tickler stimulates Chicago PD! Hello? Steel and blank, private investigation. Ah, Signora Steele! Como esta, please? Come in. Finally off the rain-soaked streets, our protagonists find themselves in an offensively lavish apartment. The chandelier above glimmers in the morning light, but before long, our exotic client descends his grand center staircase, sculpting a luscious mustache. Salud! Salud! I cannot thank you enough for coming. Vesper came home very pleased with you last night. There's a first. Did she not tell you we were... Unable to draw up an official contract last night. Yes, of course, the details did not go over famously with our first choice, so she was reticent to tell you the whole affair. Vesper never did care to speak of affairs. Things being as they are, perhaps you could fill me in on what your name is and what we're doing here. But of course. My name is Armand Valdo. Chilean philanthropist and archaeological enthusiast. Apologies, sir. I don't speak Spanish. Don't be thick, Watley. It's more Latin than Spanish. Speaking of prefixes, I'm Detective Steele. My assistant, Watley Holm. Signora? Detective. I cannot stress enough how delicate my situation is. 
Perhaps you and I should speak alone. Now, now, Senor Valdo. Watley is my shadow, just as Vesper is casting shade for you. And silhouettes can't help if they're left in the dark. Care to enlighten us? My, if your tongue is any indicator, you're worth your weight in silver. Chemically similar, but not as valuable. It's steel. Good thing, too, since this ear-bending is rounding the corner to brow-beating. <laughs> Forgive my loquaciousness. Down to business. With a flourish of his robes, our elaborate host leads Steele and Watley to a conspicuously detailed armoire. The rich oak cabinet drifts open on satin hinges, revealing a series of jeweled antiques, each more precious than the last. Lady and gentlemen, this is my collection of some of history's most valuable relics. I call it the Ark of the Coveted. Clever. Thank you. Any of these trinkets worth anything? <laughs> the fact you call them mere trinkets shows your lack of appreciation for archaeology. Oh, my word. Is that the Maltese Falcon? I see your friend has a much deeper knowledge. And how? Right next to that is Chekhov's gun. Why would you keep a gun in a display case? You'll see. The glass key. Hmm. The pearl-lined letter. Is that the Pink Panther? Forgive my assistant, senor. He seems more focused on the scope of your menagerie than the empty space in the middle there. Ah, very perceptive, detective. That was where I displayed the prize of my collection. The prize of this collection? <laughs> what was it, the crown jewel? No, it was the red herring. The red herring? The red herring? Funny, I never heard of it. Discovered at the turn of the 19th century, the sculpture is a stunningly large ruby shaped as a herring leaping from water. It was the only object discovered within the Sphinx of Giza, and I not only worry for its return, but for its safety. How exactly did the herring find its way upstream, then? Unlike the Sphinx, I've got a nose for this, and sure as shooting, it wasn't stolen. Wow, you're right. No broken glass, no forced entry. Now, I can't tell what that smell is, Armand, but something is cooking, and your hand is in the pot. What's the secret ingredient? Perhaps this will enlighten you. Let's see. A bet for, this Friday, Bitter Bourbon Stadium. It's a wager of the Red Herring. Well, Armand, looks like your hand is in the pot. Smells like plot soup, and it's starting to thicken. What you are holding in your hand is an invitation to the notorious Yastardly Yerby. The Dastardly Derby? That horse race? They can't force you to bet. Just turn them down. My and... friend here seems to be a step behind. You accepted the invitation then? I did not make my fortune by turning down such opportunities. That's where you come in. And now we get to the rub. You think the race is going to be fixed, and you want us to ensure the odds are in your favor. I don't think so. A race that is not broken cannot be fixed. You what inspectors you best. Inspect! In a fair race, I'll take my chances, but backstabbers are more common than yuckies in this yesterly yerby. If anything foul comes to light, resolve the matter quietly, and you will be paid handsomely for your work. You seem to have a lot of suspicion for an invitation you decided to take, Mr. Valdo. Is there anyone in particular trying to swindle you? There is one man. Yes? Vincent Valcone. Vincent... Valcone? You see. I'd have rather you said Capone. Vinny Valcone put thumbscrews to a mime once just to make him talk. When the Valentine's Day massacre happened, he scheduled one for St. Patrick's Day. You mean to tell me you're involved in a winner-takes-all, cement-shoes-if-you-bail race with the Windy City widower, Vincent Falcone? See. Si. Pass. What? 
steal. We can't just quit like that. What, Lee? Your first case should be the case of the missing card keys, not going toe-to-toe with the likes of Valcone. Steel, I signed up to be mentored, not parented. I ain't no sap. Just give me a chance and you'll see I can swing with the best of them. You know I can do this. I say, you've got a real knack for speeches, Watley. They're usually more effective when your fly isn't down. Ooh, sticks. But there was never any doubt. I just needed to hear if you were bass or falsetto. On that note, Senor Valdo, we'll take the case. <laughs> Magnifico! Gracias! What is that American phrase? You have nerves of, uh, how you say? Steel. Exactly, steel. For all our sakes, I wish you the best of luck. Save the luck for yourself. All I need is a carrot and a stick. You get back to waxing that mustache. As for the two of us, it's time we go native. Watley, vamos. Senor Vado, au revoir. Au revoir is French steel. Is it? Well, c'est la vie. We enter chapter three, down the rabbit hole, outside of Bitter Bourbon Stadium, where Watley ponders his predicament, paused in the glow of a rain-soaked street lamp. I was being taught to sleuth by a detective best described as AD proof. Was slapped by a woman with more venom than a well-hydrated rattlesnake, and was now on a perilous quest where success or failure could be better determined by the flip of a coin. The worst seemed yet to come. Like that? A little analogy heavy, but you're getting the hang of it. Monologuing takes practice really forces you to collect your thoughts and see the details right in front of you. Yeah, I see the value. I'm sorry about the 80-proof thing. Oh, no, by all means. It was clever. Care to show me how it's done? Sure, but you're standing in my light. Within 72 hours, six horses with six anonymous backers will be pitted in a game of chance that was becoming increasingly dicey. Like a ripped-up newspaper, we were only getting half the story. So the red herring felt like a distraction from some greater mystery. Like we were chasing some kind of... An... Um... Oh, I had this earlier. Are you supposed to trail off at the end there like that? Hush. What my trainee lacked in panache, he made up for in having a heartbeat. So I thought the best place to start him was where my last partner left off. Near the pulse. This is your moment, Watley. See what you got. Watley starts quietly through worn stable doors to find two jackknife-looking men shaking down a shaky client. Rod Rong, a skinny one, leans against his desk-wearing sweat-stained coveralls, while taller than the horses themselves stands Wilhelm, his monstrously muscular brother who grinds his teeth with murderous rage. Come on, please! Just give me a chance to win my money back! Listen, Rube. If you owed me any more money, I'd have to break me own legs. This is a private bet, and you ain't got the cash you already owe me, much less to buy in. But... Now go milk some carters, and if you ain't got every penny ready for me by Friday, Wilhelm here is either gonna turn your pockets inside out, or you. Your choice. <laughs> I'll get your money, I'll get your money. Uh... <laughs> that kind of money, my Friday, eh? Oh, you underestimate yourself, brother. These fools always find a way to avoid your murderous hands. Oh, I really wanted to kill this one, too. He's got a neck like a stock of celery. Just oh. <laughs> Tell you what, even if he does pay, you can kill him. <gasps> but just this once. Really? Nope. Why... Is that gulping with reservation? You there? By the door, can I help you, boyo? I, um... <clears throat> I'm looking for the fellas that run this operation. 
Well, you've got the wrong brothers. Oh, I've heard it all before, Paluka, so stop yanking my chain. Where are they? We ain't yanking your chain, sir. We're the wrong brothers. I'm Rodrong, he's Wilhelm. Huh, kind of walked right into that one. It happens more often than you'd think. Now, seeing as you've interrupted our business, how about your state yours? Uh, Census Bureau? Willie, get him out of here. Cancel! Uh, an Irish goodbye! <laughs> Good run, Watley. Made it 25 seconds before they kicked you out. Care to see some real detective work? By all means. Here we go, then. Tilt to the hat, coat off the shoulder. How do I look? Rakish. Perfect. Forgive my friend here, he's the jittery type. We came to see if we couldn't earn a little extra cash, if you know what I mean. No, I don't, sir. What do you mean? The kind of money you make from having money. Big money. What's the wager? What's the game? Oh, you've got more static than the radio. You'd best tune my brother in before my fists tune you out, savvy. Don't get your knob in a twist. Let's get on the same frequency. I heard there's a high-stakes race this weekend, and I want in. The books are shut. Try again next week. Oh, come on. Let that poor rube play for peanuts. I want in on the dastardly derby. And I can show you how easy it is to open the book. So, is it that book, or... This book? Oh, you wouldn't care for this book. Ooh, sounds exciting. What's the story? Now, this book never leaves this desk. And only one character could be stupid enough to have told you about it. So before I spoil the end for you, what business do you have here snooping for Signor Valdo? Ah, so I am right. But then allow me to say this. Valdo knew what he was getting into. He knew what the wager was. And no one's is going to sabotage this operation so long as Wilhelm or I have anything to say for it. The end. So you caught me. Lucky me, I'm not really interested in joining the race. I'm here because I'd like to ensure that all of the noble characters in that book there don't take measures to change the ending. And how exactly does one do that in a horse race? I was hoping you could tell me. You're awfully strange, dollface, which makes me realize you're a stranger. To whom am I ignoring these questions? People get this nosy generally got a badge. Uh, badge? You think she's shy? Uh. I ain't going back to prison. We don't do nothing with no copper! Copper's got a nice shine, but you've got the wrong alloy. It's steel. Detective steel. So there's gum on my shoe, but I ain't a flat foot. Now, Rod, what say I pull a chair to this fine desk of yours, and we talk in private without this hairless ape interrupting us? How's this for a seat at the table, huh? Very nice. What is this, mahogany? Oh, it ain't wise to provoke me, boy I can stop a car motionless with one thrust of my fist. I'd really like to see that, actually. But let's table this for now. Consider the option off the table. You there, census man, clean up your friend so I can clean up my office. And don't let me see your faces around here ever again. That was interesting, how you played that back there. Why did you tell them we were detectives? Because I'm a terrible liar. I once snooped a wedding, and when asked who I was, panicked and said the bride. I prefer being clever. Gives you some liberties in how to tackle obstacles. Recognize this? Should I? These are the records for the race. How in the blazes? Elementary, dear Watley. All I had to do was mention the book and the weasel went straight for it. A seat at the table and some spinal trauma later? Voila! 
I didn't get any of that in my nose. Probably because your nose was buried in that book you can't stop scribbling on. Put down the pen for the sword once in a while. Ooh, that's good. Wadley, this book is the book you should be focused on. Now, do you want to ask any more questions, or should we start getting answers? Ladies first. None present. And so, the daring duo make their way across town to get their missing answers at the Red Baroness. Christ alive! Did the Marines land here? This car is atrocious! Her name is Mae West, and I've done quite a few stakeouts in this baby. Coffee cups, newspapers, am I... am I sitting on a fishing pole? Got me off the hook once. Now let's go over that list one more time. Okay. First up, Vincent Falcone. A man as hospitable as H.H. Holmes, and we're looking to room with him. Which horse is his? Jersey Driver. Jersey Driver. Rod Wrongs is 23 Skidoo. Armand Valdeau, backing Hapcat. <laughs> then there's Ponzi, backed by a Mr. Action. Wait, his name is Mr. Action? What, was Mr. E already taken? Then last but not least is Plot Device, backed by, hey, Zip Lither. Really? I've always wanted his autograph. Maybe I'll get the chance. Still, this is way too complicated. I'm not sure I can remember all this. Neither will a casual audience. But the funny thing about facts is facts never change. You can scratch your head trying to remember all this, but what's interesting and what we're focusing on are the details. Vesper's the only person in town who hears enough to answer these questions. Do you think she will? Oh, she'll talk. It's getting her to shut up that's the real trick. Steele and Watley were suddenly thrust into a royal of revelry. Dandy boys and cigarette girls swirled like cigar smoke around the knee-high stage where eager listeners had gathered for tonight's performance. In a dank green dressing room backstage, however, Steele knew a diamond glistened in the rough. Oh, Vesper kind. 32 looks to kill. And much like the door to her dressing room, swung both ways. One reason I trusted Watley was that he and the Titanic had one thing in common— They were the only two things I was certain she'd never been down on. Too soon? Now, back in the day, Vesper was the best year in town. But in order to lend it, she was certain to twist mine. The Queen of Diamonds never claimed to have a heart. Well, 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 look what the track dragged in. Am I that transparent? Just that two-dimensional. It's obvious when you're pretending to be on my side. Now what do you want? I had a crossword with the wrong brothers, and we left before they filled in the boxes. Any word from the grapevine? I'm an almost taken woman, Stainless. My ear doesn't get around as much as it used to. Being attached to the rest of you, I find that hard to believe. Sorry, Stainless. Swapping secrets means paying lip service when it's due. Must be tough deciding which pair of lips to gloss. You came into my life. Both of you need to stop. You two can dig at each other like 49ers all night, but we're going to wind up six feet under if this race goes wrong. Vesper, the records we got can paint you a picture, and if you can't color by numbers, it's going to be black and white until Valcone puts red all over. Will you help us? My, my. I didn't think much of him at first, but this one's got some air in his tires. I uh, may have some crayons laying around, but I'll only help under one condition. Finally, we're getting somewhere. What? You need to leave. What? You need to leave. I'll say everything I need to good old Watley here, so long as I don't have to deal with you. What? Fine. Don't worry about getting it over your head here, Watley. This part's still in the shallow end. There's that third dimension. Depth? Ego. 
Let the door hit you on the way out. That way you'll know which pair of cheeks to powder. Don't cheeks of powder. Looks like our menace have slimmed down to just the two of us, Sherry. Whatever will we do. You dog, aren't you afraid you're barking up the wrong tree? I'm not chasing your tail, but I do have a bone to pick. How'd you get mixed up in this, Vesper? Asking a lot of the same questions you have, I imagine. Who is Mr. Action? What does Zip Lighter have at stake? Uh, but that's what daylight is for. I suggest you make good use of it. The sun is overrated. I prefer hunting by moonlight. Tell me what you've seen, Little Red. I'm not sure what's more alarming, Mr. Holm. The fact that you are so transparently playing the interrogative seduction card. Or that it's working. Despite your fly being down. Oh, shoot! That keeps happening! Here, let me get that. Now. What did you want to talk about? Hands where I can see them. Oh, yes, sir. What's next, roll over? I was thinking, speak. The stakes are as high as my life savings, but half these horses don't stand a chance, and the other half are backed by aliases. You can't focus on specifics if you don't have them, darling. Forget the horses, look at the bets. 2K, $2,000 was the buying price for most entries, but my semi-betrothed Armand is here on the list with RH. Red herring. Sure, but look at Rod's bet. What the hell is FT? Well, that I can't tell you. But what you're missing is that they didn't get it legally. The wrong brothers are, aside from many dirty words, professional smugglers. They're too broke to match with cash. But if they stole something that matches the wager, it'd be so hot they'd be happy to lose it. Worst case scenario, they win everything else, cash included. That? Okay. That's wonderfully illuminating, but that clashes with Falcone's bet. The richest crime boss in town next to Capone, and he's wagering a big, fat, whopping zero? Ah, uh, you think the wager has no value. My thinking is that it's priceless. One guess is that he's calling in debts with everyone involved, but my Armand would have no trouble paying up. Perhaps it's a gentleman's race between them. <laughs> now you're raising my suspicion. A gentleman's race would be hands-off, but Armand sent us to sniff around. Knowing the players involved, we're all but certain some cheating has taken place. But I'll be damned if I can think of a way to cheat in a horse race. Well, there's always steroids. The adrenaline juice? I thought that was a fairy tale. <laughs> and responsible for more than one Cinderella story. But they never get away with something like that. It wouldn't take a detective to notice the symptoms. A short temper, shriveled testicles, and a predilection for grinding your teeth. Short temper. Shriveled, shriveled testicles. Wilhelm! That's uh, better than proof! That's user endorsement! How do we go about getting the wrong brothers exposed? I'll do something that overt and they'll just skip town. No, no, you'll have to be clever. No doubt Stainless has some convoluted card up her sleeve. Uh, Vesper, you're on in two minutes. Oh, thanks, Sam. Same thing from earlier, just play it again. Yep, yep. That's my cue. Hopefully I made your case a little clearer. You might just add to my caseload. You're sure to steal the show. How are you possibly in training? Must be a natural, but I'll write the book on it. Au revoir, Sherry. Toodaloo. All right, gumshoe, show All right, five aces, read them and weep. Oh, Wadley! Deal me out, boys. Looks like Kitty didn't claw your eyes out. So, what's the word? Steroids. I can't believe I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, well, what can we do about it? The only thing you can do when the chips are down, raise the stakes. We'll have to bluff a little, and fast, so get a drink while you can. The stable should be open by dawn. Sun's up, last call. Speak of the devil. You can't be serious. When do we have time to sleep? When the case has been put to bed. But we've got just enough time for... Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Vespa Kind. 
face. I have a hard time imagining you getting excited to see your ex-wife. In person, sure, she's a hornet's nest with lipstick. On stage, though, I actually get to see her smile. Someday she'll come along, the one I love. And she'll be big and strong, the one I love. And when she comes my way, I'll do my best to make her stay. Right behind you, boss. Armed with the suspicion the wrong brothers were using steroids to win the race, it comes to Steele and Watley to even the odds for their client Armand Valdo. Returning from Vesper's speakeasy, Steele plots as Watley chuckles, coming up with the title for Chapter 5. A pair of short fuses meet their match. I understand lying to them is the only way to earn their trust, but why don't we have a lie prepared is my question. Because today's lesson is thinking on your feet. Suss out what they want to hear and hold their attention while you do, so I can inspect the horses without prying eyes. Let's see if you've got the salt for this. Rod! Wilhelm! Last time I saw you, the palooka threatened to skin me for boxing gloves. How time flies! I've seen a lot of strange suicides in my time, detective, but this one takes the cake. Wilhelm, do the honors. Oh, with pleasure. Come here, kitten. Oh. Hold your horses, Wilhelm. Oh... You buck well for a Bronco, but I think this colt might have a thing or six to say about that. <laughs> Wilhelm loves this trick. Uh, go ahead, show her. I... Care to try that again? <laughs> I carry a spare if you're hungry for more, but once I tell you the jig is up on those steroids, I think it'll spoil your appetite. Wilhelm! <laughs> Down! Rod, you seem to be the brains of this operation. Why don't you and I handle this revelation without all the strangling, eh? And what revelation might that be? I've admitted to nothing. What revelation? That you have a beautiful horse. A wonderful horse. A horse pumped so full of juice his name should be Welch's. My silence comes at a price. Do you think the bulls are going to come bust our heads for fixing a race that hasn't happened yet? You're dizzy, even for a dame. What do you take me for? Some flapper with her lips flapping? It's all written down in this book here. I really loved that story about the smuggling racket. You know, the one where you steal priceless artifacts and sell them to the highest bidder who just so happens to be Armand Valdo. You're well-read, detective, but there's a hole in this fiction. Why would you sell out Valdo when he's the one who put you up to this? Inspiration strikes as Watley finds his ruse. You assume too much. Misdirection sends us as his personal messenger. You? You, you know action? Yeah, prove it. Bye by the mere fact that you and I are the only ones who know he exists. Think of Steel as his cloak and me as his dagger. Metaphorically speaking, of course. Rod, what a metaphor. I don't know. You have my attention, sir. What can I do for Mr. Action? Go ahead. Tell him, Watley. I'll just stand ever closer to these horses here. Oh, hello. Oh, yes, you are a good boy. Gentlemen, 
Armand is the only man who can't be bought. And Valcone is the only one who can't be found. We won't breathe a word of this racket of yours. All we want is an address. Whose address? Falcone's. Ah! Oh, what's the matter? Couldn't grip that off my desk as well. Oh, come to think of it, action is named in the book you swiped, so your credentials are sinking like a ship, metaphorically speaking. That's actually a simile. Aye, choose your next words careful. What are you rats offering besides idle threats? I'll take that question. Misdirection is willing to pay whoever the winner is for his merchandise, and we happen to like your odds. We don't care if the race is rigged, so long as our chief gets to talk wampum with whoever gets the goods. Most likely you. Deal? Deal. What? What can I say, brother? They've blackmailed us fair and square. Excellent. This is the envelope from Valconi's bed. Address and all. Does that check out well enough for you? Brother, she's a rat! I say we end this now, and you let me grease these pricks! There's gotta be a better way to say that? Pleasure doing business with you, gentlemen. With straightening out the crooks completed, our inspectors return to steel and blank private investigations. Watley is pensive while Steele breaks out her telephone to tell Armand the good news. How'd that feel to you? I don't know, Steele. We're bluffing our asses off with this action thing, and I could see their horse tweaking from where I was standing. <laughs> if 23 could do is anything like Wilhelm, there's no way Rod will lose. Don't worry your little horses about that. I figured if they were giving their steed chemicals, it wouldn't hurt to give him some of my own. You didn't. Nothing so morbid. Vesper used to get anxious before she went on stage, so I got her some laudanum to take the edge off. <laughs> that was a good morning. An afternoon. And the better part of March. Hello? Buenos dias, Senor Feldo. Ah, you take the steel. Como esta? You've just found the extent of my Spanish. We've gone through the numbers and even your odds. There's nothing to worry about save our Falcone situation, but we did get you an address. Wonderful, detective, for I have news as well. Senor Falcone is officially no longer a problem. Really? How? D- did you curly mustache him to death? I made a point of showing him I did not have room for his manhood in my collection. He seemed flattered by the implication. Wait, did you meet him in your home? Because if he knows where you live... Then he can face me like a man. Myself, I prefer to speak softly and carry large sticks. Your services have been appreciated. Goodbye. Arrivederci. What happened? Is he okay? He's fine. Valcone is neutralized. What? How? I don't know. No, something doesn't feel right. And what's worse, there's nothing we can do about it. Au contraire. Now's the time for my favorite tool in the detective's toolbox. We're gonna get drunk. Bemoaningly, belligerently drunk. Now hand me that bottle of brown. Sometime later... (laughs) Nonsense. I think you're just surprised I told that whole story without using any dirty words. Wait, does Pecker count as a dirty word? Dirty words. Steel, where's that paper I brought yesterday from the newsies? Chop, chop! (laughs) F.T. French tickler. You ever had one of those before? No, steal! The French tickler! Oh! Louis I had a menagerie of wives who each consecrated their nuptial rites with a gold gilded feather. Ew. The French tickler is. An artifact! Comparably as valuable as. The, the red, red herring. herring! That's the missing piece! This is the highest profile theft of the century, and Rod's the one who stole it! 
So when Balcony saw Rod's wager hit the headlines... A zero-dollar bet. Blackmail is absolutely free. Wait, how did Vesper not know that? It's been all over the news. Because Vesper doesn't read newspapers. She said they don't spread as well as people do. Oh, gross, I just got that. Focus. From the top. All right. Armand and Rod are betting artifacts. Valconi is blackmailing them for the racket. Zip Lighter hasn't shown his hand yet, the wretched genius. And everyone else is cash. But what does misdirection have to do with this? He feels like a diversion. A random thread. A... 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 a, 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 a Damn it, what is that word? I thought you were just waxing when you said drinking was our next strategy. No waxing here. The intention was to get plastered. Speaking of... It all comes down to one steed. The flag is up. The horses are ready. The race is on. The beak wetter runs dry by 4 a.m., but Rye waits for no man the following morning at Bitter Bourbon Stadium. Watley arrives sporting an unfortunate hangover, only to find steel eating fistfuls of Cracker Jacks. Watley asks the same question pondered by Chapter 6, and the winner is, as the detective and her ward await the dastardly derby from the bleachers. How are you eating right now? I'm almost as anxious as I am hungover. (laughs) Yeah, you went down pretty hard last night. That's why I left you the car. I needed to walk. You walked 20 miles? Oh, God. I can't take this. The suspense or the brown liquor? I'm assuming both. The horses have taken their positions. The starter flag is up and ready to drop at any moment. How are you not worried? How are you not hungover? How are you so calm? I like the rods. Besides, I'm less interested in which horse wins, and a lot more interested in which one And now, 23's canoe takes the lead from Ponzi, making a pass at Jersey Driver. Hepcat on the outside, pushing tripod in the rear. Flat device of Hepcat on neck and neck as Ponzi loses ground. Hepcat catches up at the first bend, but in an apparent drug-fueled stupor, 23's canoe has crashed through the bastards, wandering aimlessly in the flower patch. Oh, get off your high horse. No, that's the high horse. But wait, Jersey Driver matches plot device and sends Skadoo packing. Jersey breaks away. Ponzi fills the gap past that and Jersey. Jersey and plot are neck and neck. There's the finish line, and the winner is... And the winner is plot device by a nose. Ponzi places second, Jersey Driver third. We are still waiting on Drypod to finish the race. Holy! Okay, I don't want to look stupid here, but this has been a lot to keep up with, and I have no idea who won. I do. You do? Who do, steal? Who won? I do, Watley. I won. Perhaps it's time I take you through the whole series of events. Where should I begin? The beginning? Good thinking. You went to the Zip Lighter Agency looking for work, yes? Yes. And when you asked him for a job, Zip himself told you... Go see Detective Steele if you need a babysitter. Verbatim. Zip Lighter hasn't taken a case in over a decade. Then who was that I talked to in his office? (sighs) Who are you? What have you done with Steele? Watley, it's me. This is just a fake mustache. Watch, I take it off. (sighs) That works so well. I know! It's my disguise when I'm at the lighter office. And seeing as nobody knows what Zip looks like since he's been out of the public eye for so long, that same number of nobodies are the ones who've caught me at it. But Zip Lighter is a real person. If you ever caught wind of what you're doing, he'd sue you for... racketeering. Unless he comes to my doorstep and audits me himself, he'll never be able to prove it. And 
if he does, I'll finally get his autograph, so win-win! Steel, none of this adds up. How were you registered for a race you didn't know about? You were not the only person to come see Ziplighter that night. Vesper arrived before you, I suggested a brilliant detective who goes by Steel, and I had a full day to get ahead of you both. You mean to tell me you got a horse for the derby on a 24-hour turnaround? I know a gal. That won the race. She's from Kentucky. One mustache and my life savings later, I was in. Like my mustache, I was under their nose the entire time. So against all odds and two white stallions, a dark horse won the race. Symbolism is palpable, isn't it? Now for my favorite part, misdirection. You know who he is? No idea. Some poor rube they were ringing for cash, most like. So here's what I propose. Donning my mustache... That is absurdly effective! I pose as Zip Lighter one last time, collect our prize from the wrong brothers, return the red herring to Armand, the French tickler to the proper authorities, and send the cash prize to the only one of us who managed not to cheat. Our mysterious Mr. Action. Assuming we get the chance. I'll bet you dollars to donuts those two-bit gangsters are about to skip town in some heap with three wheels. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like office hours are over. Let's take this job on the road. This is unbelievable. I can't believe that Tosser won. Zip Lighter may have won, but this is surely the handiwork of Detective Steel. Ah. It doesn't matter now. We're ghosts in this town. Oh, but brother, you promised I could kill somebody before we left. (gasps) This looks like your chance, brother. Shake them here and let me out. I'll tear their car to goddamned pieces. Uh. (laughs) What? A fork in the road. Now we'll never catch them. Use your head, Watley. The wrong brothers went left. Oh, how could you possibly know that? Elementary, dear Watley, because two wrongs never make a right. Oh, oh God, you're right. That's the student maker up ahead. That's not a car, Watley. That's Wilhelm. Oh, my God. Punch my car? Oh my god! I know! Like a 200 pound blueberry just pop! Now, where's. Look out! Rod's climbing that fire escape. I'm going after him. Two steps behind you! <laughs> Damn fishing pole! Ten steps behind you! Go! Go! With Watley tangled in her line, stainless steel spirals the staircase of the Biograph Theater in hot pursuit of the last living wrong brother. Once atop the stairs, Steel freezes at the sight of Rod Wrong dangling the red herring over the edge. Take another step and the next one's between your eyes. That's a cult special you're pawing and you've had your six. I've got you, Rod. Hook, line, and sinker. So hand over the herring. This is all I have left, Lighter. My business is destroyed. My brother is gone. Just give me a head start and you'll never hear from me again. It's not that simple, Rod. I'm not Zip Lighter without the mustache. Steel, you killed Wilhelm. That is more Henry Ford's fault for making such a sturdy and reliable vehicle, don't you think? I don't nothing. I've got no business, Steel. No brother. And nowhere to go. Nowhere to go. So don't. But down! The tourist blows. A cold wind howls and Rod Wrong plummets to his death as the red herring tumbles after. Steel's blood runs cold when the herring fades from view, but Watley appears at the fire escape, fishing rod in hand! Oh? Well? Oh! Careful! Careful! Dancing in the moonlight, glistening with abject majesty, 
the relic the heroes were so desperate to retrieve, twirled by the hook of the pole. The red herring had finally been caught. Are you going to say it, or am I? Fishing for a compliment? I was going to say, lucky I lured it back from the edge. Oh, you're really getting the hang of this, Watley. But enough catch phrases. Let's get this back where it belongs. Ooh, I'm afraid we're walking back. We'll take Rod Studebaker. Mae West has been through worse, but there's something wrong under the hood. The mood is jovial for Steele and Watley as the duo make the long drive back to Armand. But arriving at Confidential Avenue, a distracted Steele is late to realize her partner has gone cold. Your first case, Watley. Congratulations! For the sake of our client relationship, we'll say I save the day, of course. Sure. At least we won't be standing in the rain this time. What makes you say that? The door's been shattered to splinters! Steele draws her pistol and Watley wields his fishing rod as the inspectors ascend to Armand's. Slashed cushions and shattered mirrors stand in stark contrast to the Ark of the Coveted, where Armand's priceless valuables once stood, completely intact. The relics removed, a note on its center shelf is all that remains. Stainless steel, the jig is up. I frown upon those that meddle in my affairs, so the gutless worm Armand Valdo is now my hostage. If you hope to get paid before the end of his life, a modest ransom is all I ask. I suspect you are holding it now. Come to Falcone Manor at 2 a.m. with the herring in hand, and there will be no bloodshed. Cordially, Vincent Falcone. Well, at least it isn't complicated. You can't, seriously. He's walking us into a trap, Steele. Like I said, half of this business is playing into the enemy's hand. You never said that. Well, I meant to. Meet me back at the office at 1, and we'll make our final play. Meet you? I'm not going anywhere. Great, stay here for all I care. I have business to attend to. With nowhere to go but down, Steele departs from Watley with no intent to see him again. But perhaps we should let the determined detective speak in her own words as she wanders down the dusky alley of our penultimate Chapter 9. I was glad to have taken the letter from Watley before he could read to the end. 2 a.m. was actually 12 And I just couldn't stomach taking another partner down another dead end. Yellow. It's Steele. Wow, if it ain't the great mouth detective herself. (laughs) I'll send the elevator and be with you in a moment. Not so fast. Put Armand on. Oh, you'll have to see him to believe him. (laughs) Come on in. The water's fine. (laughs) Eight ball, corner pocket. Falcone's mansion stood as a vast crypt on the waterside ridge of Promontory Point, but inside it glistened like a lurid casino. The elevator opened to a torrid, tasteful, and sterilized chamber where one vast desk displayed all of the curios once inhabiting the Ark of the Coveted. The Falcon, the Panther, the Key, and the Gun cast four shadows stretching towards the dark oaken bar where a prominent figure loomed. Herring in hand, a fish out of water. Steele began to shore her bets. I brought what you asked for, but I'm not here to play games. Where's... Valdo? Where's Vinny? Relax, Stainless. This is a time of celebration. Don't call me Stainless, you two-timing scam artist. You two were in cahoots this whole time? You're one to talk. I truly could not have done this without you. You have my deepest gratitude. And now you're pronouncing D's. Make like the U.S. Mint and start making sense. Oh, wait. Is this mustache uh, 
throwing you off? <gasps> there! Now that's more comfortable. <laughs> I knew you were a beard for Vesper, but I'll admit I didn't see the mustache coming. Hello, Vincent. And the last horse crosses the finish line. Uh, care for a drink? You might need one. This'll be a tough pill to swallow. I don't get it. Vesper was in on this? Yeah, a hard woman to keep a secret from, but no, she was not. Then where is she? Don't worry. The femme ain't been fataled. I figured one damsel in distress was enough for this occasion. I think I've got the big picture now. Yeah? Go ahead, then. Paint it for me. Here's the broad strokes. The most notorious gangster in all of Chicago, next to Capone. And I got three letters for him, huh? I-R-S. But please, <sighs> yeah, go on, continue. Wants to clear out some competition and make a little money along the way. So you dream up Armand and walk in plain sight. Kidnapping yourself was as easy as leaving your apartment. Now for the tricky part. Steroids or not, your scheme was to cozy up to the Wrong Brothers, pilfer decades of discoveries through their smuggling racket, and bring a detective crashing down on a conspiracy you wanted to erase your connection to. <laughs> but here's where I fall off. Who the hell was misdirection? Did you really not figure out that... <laughs> I hired a lawyer to place a bet on any damn horse he wanted, so long as you used an alias to keep you chasing your tail and off of mine. Huh. He, or I, was... Misdirection. Lucky he didn't back tripod. Hmm. <laughs> that was a class act, by the way, sending him the winnings. Uh, too bad it turned out to be me again. Okay, so I was lighter. The wrong brothers were the wrong brothers. So between you, you, and... You again. All that mattered was me taking the wrongs down for you. Winning the Derby never mattered. I almost forgot. Congratulations on first place. Mm. Funny to think a lady won the gentleman's bet. <laughs> now, you know how the rest of this goes, right? I think so. This is the part where you pick up Chekhov's gun there. Uh-huh. Then you remember I'm holding the herring, which gives me, say, 30 seconds to come up with some clever way out of this. Until, of course, you realize that's not a priceless artifact at all. That nobody's ever heard of such a thing. That the backstory I gave you was complete hogwash. And that this entire time you were chasing a red a herring! herring! <laughs> oh my god! Wow, has that been on the tip of my tongue? Oh... You know, you walked the dog for these elaborate punchlines. You menaced me with that thoughtful monologue. You would have had a promising future as a detective. Yeah, so did you. In an instant, steel was shot, the red herring shattered, and the elevator yawned wide, bringing one last character to our scene. That must be my misdirection now. <laughs> Welcome to the party! Hope I'm not running late. Oh. You're in the middle of something. Yeah, don't look so bashful. Your identity dies with her. I'd say try using a mustache, but uh, boom, you already got one. <laughs> now, do you have my merchandise? The majesty of what came out of Misdirection's briefcase stood in stark contrast to the broken herring below. Hundreds of needle-thin tines shimmered like sunlight in the twisting frame of the most incredible artifact the world had ever seen. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. The red herring might not have been worth a dime, but this French tickler will make a wonderful addition to my collection. <laughs> now, Stainless, you uh, care to any up any last words? Huh? Well, if Hamlet gets a dime monologue... I thought the rest was silence, but have at it, have at it. 
as badly splintered as the herring before her. Our hero lay on the ground in pieces, broken, bereft, and bleeding out. She knew this was the end. But she took solace, knowing the bastard who shot her was oblivious to his misdirection, who had grabbed the Maltese falcon from the desk behind him and raised it above his head. <laughs> and give you a chance to pull that heater in your belt there? A final lesson to the scholar of sleuthing stainless. Never turn your back on a candle, do you snuff it? I'm gonna come up with the perfect line for this later. But right now... Uh, steal! Steal, steal, steal! Are you okay? Who are you? How do you know me? Oh, right, the mustache. What, Lee? It's me, boss. I'm here. Both of you? That mustache thing really does work. Why'd you get here so early? It felt about ten seconds to midnight. You've got good instincts for a Sunday strip writer. Promise my last words won't be a three-panel. Stop teaching. You're bleeding out. Let's get you out of here. What, Lee? Would you tie him up at least? He's just gonna escape once our backs are turned. I called the cops, and I got him with the stuff dreams are made of. Falcone may be an eight ball, but the bowls are putting him in the corner pocket for sure. Glad to hear you say that. Well, Armand. Vincent? Whatever. Yes, this is Sayonara. Steel! Steel falls, the sun rises, and the villains have all met their end. With apprehension at its peak, we return to the office of Steel and Blank, private investigations, where our mystery first began. Voices of newsies come through the open window to underscore the title of Chapter 10, French for Downside of a Mountain. Extra, extra, read all about it. Chicago Crime Circle crumbles! Kingpin of Crime, Vinny Valcone, finally behind bars! French Tickler and Purloined Artifacts donated to Sasodian! Stainless Still hailed as hero! Thank you all for coming. We sad few gather here today to remember and honor the late detective, Steele. She was more than a dogged sleuth, she was a nurturing mentor. And while we had more issues than the Chicago Tribune, once upon a time we were in love. Now, while everything about her personality positively screamed dick... Uh, uh, oh, ow! You would say that? At my funeral? Yes, I would. You asked. Uh, no, 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 please. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> Ahem! Now, while everything about her positively screamed dick... Oh, my God. There was no one kinder in the quiet moments of the day, or the tender moments in the evening... Her dying wish was for me to tell you all, I told you so. <laughs> she assumes each of you had that coming for one reason or another. Encore! Encore! Christ alive, save me from this pitiful overture. If you're waiting for Armand to promise rescue you, don't hold your breath. I could say the same for you and Watley. Perish the thought. Credit where it's due, he came a long way. But only one of you went the full mile for me. Oh, then who might that be? <laughs> Open that closet there. Plot <laughs> device? You betcha. You can't keep a racehorse in a closet, Steel. Why not? You were closeted 20 years and look how you turned out. <laughs> what? Hello? Who is it? It's the postman. Hmm? What? He always rings twice. Just leave it at the door. Uh, no can do, boss. Special delivery, private eyes only. Curiouser and curiouser. My secretary is on the way. I'm on the way. This sign here, here, and mm -hmm. uh, here okay. you go. 
Say, right. say, aren't you that famous detective who took down Vincent Valcone? <laughs> You're a card-carrying hero. Please, please, keep going. What else? Let me get your autograph. You just got three, but where's the harm? Golly, what a world. What a world. Who's it from? Who's what from? You really are a simple creature. The package. All right. Well, would you look at that? The red herring, all put together with funny glue. And a matter of red herrings. You know this looks just like one of those zip lighter novels. There's an inscription in the cover. An advanced copy from our first adventure. See you in the funny papers. Strange kind of signature, too. That's not a signature. It's an autograph. Golly, what a world. What a world. I tip my hat to Detective Steel, the best ball buster in the bird, and slink back into the night, like Ponzi before me, coming in at close second. Right, Ponzi! <laughs> Thank you for listening to A Theater in the Dark, A Matter of Red Herrings, written by Greg Garrison and directed by Corey Bradbury. Tonight's cast, Amy Gorlo as Detective Stainless Steel, Julian Jules Stroop as Detective in Training, Watley Home, Laura Michelle Earle as Vesper Kind, Drake, Newsy, and others, Christopher Meister as Vincent Falcone, Armand Valdo, race announcer, Newsy, and others, Corey Bradbury as Rod Wrong, and Greg Garrison as Wilhelm Wrong and the narrator. Original music composed and performed by Paul Sotnik. Corey Bradbury and Greg Garrison contributed to the sound design. A theater in the dark creates stories through sound, proudly established in Chicago. Hear our other original audio plays at atheaterinthedark.com or join our Patreon to gain access to our entire growing original audio play library. Thank you for supporting a theater in the dark. We would like to thank our Atlanta Fringe audio sponsor, Could Be Pretty Cool, a production company whose mission is to inspire community building through the arts. You can binge all of our audio shows at atlantafringe.org fringe audio or wherever you enjoy your podcasts.